This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. We talked uh, before Purim about the uniqueness of Tainus Esther. It's an interesting type of fast. It's a, uh, almost a joyous fast, and we pointed out that it has numerous leniencies. There's another fast that's also very interesting from a halachic standpoint, and that's Tainus Bechayrim. If you take a look at that fast day, there are many, many kashas on the basis of that fast day. So let's talk a little bit about it, and it has major halachic ramifications as well. Firstly, where does this fast come from? So we know, it says Masech L'Saifrim, that you're not allowed to have any fast days during the month of Nisan. There's no fast days allowed during the month of Nisan. Writes to Masech L'Saifrim, Chutz, Mitainis, Be'er Pesach. Masech L'Saifrim writes in the same line. He says, you're not allowed to fast in Erev Pesach, except if the fast is a Tainis on Erev Pesach. Just, we, we, could be, we mentioned this last week, gotta remember, that the other fast day that's allowed during the month of Nisan is really, it's Machoikis, Ashkenazim, and Tzvardim. The Mechaber holds, you're allowed to have anything that's a time to Yachid. Private fast days. Someone has a yard site. Someone has a, a private reason for a fast day you're allowed to have, and there are more argues. But the only fast day that we Ashkenazim do keep during the month of Nisan is a Chasim. Chasim and Kala, they get married during Nisan, they do fast. During the month of Nisan. Even though there's an Isser Tainis, Chos and Akal don't have that Isser Tainis. Okay. So now, says the Mesech HaSai from Chutz, even though normally there's no fast allowed on Nisan, because Nisan is such a joyous time, but Tainis B'chayim is allowed to, that we do have an Erev Pesach. He doesn't explain, why do they fast in the first place? He doesn't explain what's the lumness behind the fast, what's the purpose of the fast, where does it come from? Nothing. He just lets you know, by the way, it's the exception to the rule. So we're all familiar with the classical reason, which is brought down in the tour, brought down in Rav Yon, and other Rishonim, that the reason is because it's a Zeichel Since the Bechayrim would have been killed at Makas Bechayris, and in commemory of that, remembering that miracle, they don't fast. They fast. Beautiful. So there's many kashas. Right, we all learned this in third grade, but I don't know if we were sure to stop and think about it. There's many kashas on this fast day. First of all, it's against everything in Jewish belief. What do we normally do in Judaism? Someone tried to get us, we were saved, we celebrate. Here, there was a Yeshua, and what's the Tikkun? A fast day. It's totally against every other time in Jewish history, something like this happens. Usually in Jewish history, if there was a Tzara, the Nigalu, we make a Yomtev. We have a Simcha, we have a party, a Suda. Here, oh, the Bukhayrim would have been killed. Oh, okay, so what do we do? Oh, they were saved, fantastic. You know what, they fast. It seems to be against everything we're familiar with. That's one kasha. Shleim Zalman has many kashas on this shtickle, on this whole fast day. Another kasha he asks is, when exactly were the Bukharim saved? They were saved the night of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. What night was that? That was, that was uh, going into Tezvav. So why are they fasting on Yud Gimel? So you'll tell me, ah, you can't fast on Tezvav. Tezvav is Pesach. And you can't fast on Yudalid because what? It's Arab Pesach. So you, you push it to Yud Gimel. So Shleim Zalman says, why are you ready to just push it to Yud Beis already? Yud Gimel is also a shtickle Yom Tif. They keep on pushing it, right? Keep, keep pushing the date. Another kasha, there's Machalikis Mechaber and Ramah, whether or not girls fast. Oldest born girls, first born girls. Do they also fast? Shulchanach brings down two shitas. And the Mechaber says, no, we Ashkenazim hold, girls don't fast. Why not? We know the Medrash tells us that Basi Baspare would have been killed during Makas Bechayrus because she was a first born girl, but she was saved with Chusmay so the Dr. Moshe says, you see from that medrash, that girls also died, not just boys. 
So if girls also died, and they were, they would have died, meaning if Gaisha girls died and Jewish girls would have died, so then Jewish girls should also have to make some form of a remembrance of being saved. So why Taka does the Ramah Paskin only boys and not girls? So the truth is, Lahalacha, in the Svadisha community, it's a little bit split what to do. Because the Shulchanach has two shitas. If you look at some tough eye, the Shulchanach has two shitas. One shita says that the girls fast, and some say they don't. Some people say that even girls fast. So I saw that the, the Chidah says, no, no, girls don't fast. But many Svadisha Paiskim are machmer. I think Abhavadi writes in a tshuva that they should bring home food from the Siam for the girl. And then I found that Shalom used to do that for his own wife. Shalom Rabbach used to bring home food for the Siam for his wife who was a Bechairah because he was Chayshish for this Shitas Hashol But we Ashkenazim don't assume like that. Why not? It's a good taina. So the Mishtabruah says, calling from the Vilna Gain, because girls don't have Kedushas Bechar. Girls don't have to, what does Kedushas Bechar have to do with this conversation? We're telling you who was saved and who wasn't saved. Whoever was saved makes a recognition. If you weren't saved, what does the Kedushas Bechar matter? How does that answer the question? So there's a famous pshat, attributed to certain Chesidah Shirebbes, who tiny the Mesech the Seifim is a typo. It doesn't say, Habachayr Misanim, it says Habachayr Misangim, with a Gimel. He says, no, you got it all backwards. Exactly, the answer to B'Shalim is Amit's Kasha. B'chayim don't fast, they rejoice. They miss Anig because they were saved. Now what's the problem with that? You have to plug it back into the Mesech Tzayfim. It says Mesech Tzayfim, Ein misanim b'chaydish nisun, ela tainis b'chayrim. If you change the gear, so then there's absolutely no flow to it. If the way you read the Mesech Tzayfim is like many Chesidah Shereb suggested, so how do you read it? Ein misan in Toich Nisan, we're not allowed to fast during Nisan. We're not talking the same language over here. That conversation is not a continuous conversation. So many Achroin, Rebbe Vajah makes big, takes big issue with such a pshat. But many Achroin already point out that that can't be pshat in Mesech Tzayfim. But if that's pshat, it answers the kasha. But that's a very big doichik. But my sir, the kashas are very strong. What? What's pshat in this? So Shem Zaman comes up with a fantastic pshat. Mamish Gavaldik pshat. Shem Zaman says we kind of have we have the idea of Tainus Bukharim slightly off. It's not just the fact that they were saved. He says it's the fact that they were saved. And what else? What else happened when they were saved? The Bukharim was supposed to have the rights to work in the base of Mikdash. They were supposed to be the equivalent of the Kehanim. What happened? The Chet Egel happened. And when the Chet Egel happened, they lost the right to do the Avoid and was given over to the Levim who didn't sin in the Chet Egel. Said Mizalmin, what's the one day a year where you really feel like you're lost out working in the base of Mikdash? What was the busiest day in the base of Mikdash? Erev Pesach. You know why they're fasting? They're not fasting to commemorate that they were saved. They were fasting to commemorate the fact that they were saved, had the opportunity to work in the base of Mikdash and lost it. Good, we'll get to that. That's, that, that's the answer, very geschmack. So, Zaktib Shem is Amon Orbach, that's the pshat. Of course, it's connected to the fact that they were saved by Mitzrayim. But if they were fa- saved by Mitzrayim, gave them the right to work in the base of Mitzrayim, and then they lost it. So, on Erev Pesach, every Bechar reminds himself that he lost the opportunity to work in the base of Mikdash. So, it explains Yerushalayim Mizamin. Lefizet answers the other kasha. Why Taka is it not done in Yudalit or Tezvav? Because Yud Gimel was the busiest day in the base of Mikdash. Erev Pesach. That's the one day a year it felt that much more painful, the fact that they lost the Avayda in the base of Mikdash. Lefizet, we can understand the Vilna Goyin, very geschmack now. When the Vilna Goyin says, girls were not included because they don't have Kedushas Bechar, because girls never worked in the base of Mikdash. So, a girl wouldn't feel that loss, so therefore she has no reason to fast. So, Yerushalayim Mizamin says, everything is very geschmack. But what's the kasha in this pshat? I was waiting for someone to ask me this kasha. Reb Nevin saw last pshat in this kasha. If this is true, so what should come out? 
If let's say, for example, someone's a Kain or a Levi, should he still have to fast? A Bukhar Kain or Levi, why do they have to fast? They don't lose anything. So never until last is Kasha Tabish Lemez It's a good Kasha. Okay, the, the Tarutzim could be easy as a Leiplug, this, that, and the other, or maybe they lost it as Bukhar, only got it back as a Kain Velevi. But the Kasha is if you go like Kim Shemizam's Pshat, so every Kain Velevi who never lost the right, well, he lost the Bukhar right, but regained it as a Kain Velevi, he still has the right to work in the base of Mikdash. But this Pshat is very Gishmak, and Shemizam takes it one step further. Shemizam points out there's something also very strange. We all know today the accepted practices, we always go to a Siam on Erev Pesach. When did that practice start? So if you go back a little bit to the 1700s, not only didn't they make a siyam, they wouldn't even allow you to eat at a bris milah that fell out on Erev Pesach. Because they said it's a regular fast day. Shivas uh, Matamas, there's a siyam, you don't, you don't fast? Never heard such a thing. Even a bris you fast. So the Akhrayim in the 1700s, Nadi Behuda, a little later, the Chassam Seifer, they were appalled by this. Because you have a bris, therefore you don't fast? And there was no such, it was unheard of. Let alone making a siyam. When did that start making a siyam? So that started perhaps from the Vilna Goyen, such a minute became. And the Arach HaShulchan is very bothered by this. He mutches to figure out why is this okay? Why is it okay that we make a siyam and all of a sudden all is forgotten? So Psham says, I'll tell you Pshat. According to me, it's very Gishmak, says Psham Because what's the, the sadness? It's not a tainus be'etzim. It's a tainus to feel like Masnefesh over the loss of your job. So Torah brings you back to happiness. So Sia means learning Torah, connected to Torah, that replaces the anguish and sadness of losing the Avoidah, and that's why Torah replaces it. Very nice Mahalach from Hashem Zaman. It answers quite a few questions along the way. The Chidah also asks this Kasha. Why is the fast on Yudalit and not on Tezvav? So he says a, a very big Chiddush to Beki Yosef. The Chidah writes, because Enechanami, we really should be celebrating. But what are you going to celebrate on Tezvav? That's Pesach. You can't celebrate on Pesach. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's like a marvet simcha simcha. You can't have one joyous thing for another joyous thing. So he says. So instead, we push it back to Yudalid, and we fast. And the fasting is supposed to create a pesumenisa. It's a chiddush. The fasting creates pesumenisa, and that's why we fast instead of rejoicing. So explains the chida. Be it as it may, it's something to think about. But halacha the accepted practice today is we do go to a siyum. That is definitely the accepted practice today. However, there's a letter from the Nitziv. It's printed in the safe in Nitziv on the Psachim, where he writes a letter to his son, Reb Chaim Berlin. The Nitziv had two very famous sons. One was Reb Chaim Berlin, and the other one is not so famous, because he didn't go by Berlin. He changed his name. What did he change his name to? Barilan. That was the mayor Barilan. That was his son from his second wife, to Aruch HaShulchan's daughter. But the Nitziv's first son, everyone knows about Reb Chaim Berlin. So he writes a letter to Reb Chaim Berlin. He says, listen, I know you're Bukhar, and I know you're fasting the whole day. And I also know that you use real maror. He says, that's a, it's a bad idea. It's not healthy. You have to stop. He doesn't say stop fasting. He says you have to stop eating the real maror. The real maror is too bitter. It's not healthy for you. So you see already, again, Reb Chaim Berlin died in the early 20th century. You see already that they were fasting. I'm sure Reb Chaim Berlin could have came up with a mesechta to make a siyaman. I have no doubt. Yet he fasted. And many G'daylam fasted because they didn't buy into this minig of making a seam. Today we do it, and when COVID hit, we had, we had a lot of creative shilas over the phone with Zoom, this, that, and the other. Today that definitely is the minig, and I'm not changing the minig. But if you look in the Aruch and he's, he's very bothered, but why exactly is this the minig? I had a Talmud call me up once who missed the seam. He slept through every seam in town. He woke up at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and that was it. So glad that he happened to be a very bad faster, this Talmud of mine. He could barely make it through Shavas of the Talmud. So then you're not going to make it mucha through Erev Pesach. That's Pashat. But many Pesachim write, if you don't go to see him, you're stuck. You got to, uh, you got to fast Erev Pesach. 
Then there's Machlokes. How far do you fast? Do you go up till Yom Do you go up till Kaddish? Can you imagine? We're so hungry coming into the Seder as it is. Can you imagine coming to the Seder not eating anything? That little piece of carpas looks better and better if you're fasting the whole day. So that's a question. The other thing is that I point out is that if someone is a Bukhar and they are going to a Siyam, the Pashta says you're not allowed to eat in the morning until you go to the Siyam. So let's say, for example, you're going to dive in at 8 o'clock minion, and the Siyam is going to be 8.30, so you'll get up at 6 and you'll have a cup of coffee. That's L'chair and not right. Because for you, the fast starts in the morning. You have the head to go to the Siyam, but until you go to the Siyam, L'chair, you have to fast. So that's something to keep in mind. The Gabi, the, uh, the Tainus, I think, uh, the Dafiyami did us a favor. Now that the uh, Dafiyami finished right around this time, very easy to make Siyam. So that's accepted practice in Kala Yisrael, that a person should go here and see him. I tell my Talmudim, it's better if you yourself make the Siyam. That way for sure it's, uh, it's counted. But definitely the Minigo Elam today is to go be Mishnah to the Siyam, and by doing so, exempting from the fast of Erev Pesach.